Welcome to the Soul Center Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Master Healer Ariella Halevi and Rabbi Dr. Baruch Halevi, Rabbi B, your healer and guide on the journey of life. In this podcast, we will explore all things spirituality, meaning, and healing, from Kabbalah and the healing of your soul to shamanic energy work and the healing of your past, from ancient wisdom traditions to guide your spirit to modern tools to live your life. The Soul Center Podcast will empower you on your journey to heal yourself, discover your soul purpose, and live a soul-centered life. And now, on to the podcast. Welcome to Soul Centered. My name is Ariella Halevi and I'm a master healer and I'm really excited about this podcast today. We are going to talk about a subject that I am very passionate about. Before we begin, let me start by saying in the Jewish tradition, there is a, there's this mystical idea that when you, before you are born, the angels come to you and they whisper to you your secrets. And what your secrets are is that it, it is your sole purpose. It's your sole contract for this life. It's the agreements that you make in this life that you're about to go into and how you're going to work through it. And so what happens is as you are being born, the angels come and they shush you by putting a like a finger to that indentation right below your nose. And this helps you to forget. It's as if they're saying, shh, don't tell. And what they're teaching you is that in order to come into this lifetime, we have to forget so that we can spend this lifetime remembering and returning to who we are and the purpose of our life. Often we don't understand the purpose of our life. And when we forget who we are and when we don't find our sole purpose, it often comes out as depression, anxiety, fatigue, physical illness. However, when we discover our reason for being, our soul contract, our higher purpose, we can identify what it is we are meant to do here on this earth and who we are meant to be, who we are meant to become, and who are we meant to go through this lifetime with. And as we remember, we shine a light on the purpose and the meaning of our lives. And when we do this, our light shines. We bring our light to the darkness. We remember our purpose and we live our divine potential. So I'm, I'm really excited today to talk to um, you in this today's, in today's podcast. I am here with Rebecca Rosen, not only a renowned psychic medium, but also my dear sister-in-law. So um, we have been talking and having these conversations for about 23 years. And uh, we really started with conversations with God. Most of you know this book by uh, Neil Donald Walsh. And it just morphed into discussions um, in my old apartment in Los Angeles, and it's morphed into so much more. And I am excited to share this podcast today to talk about soul agreements, contracts, and our, the purpose of our lifetimes. Uh, Rebecca is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author, spiritual medium, medium, and speaker. 
She has made it her mission to open the line of communication between the spirit world and our day-to-day -day world. Um, her incredibly accurate and detailed readings have amazed and empowered clients and led Rebecca to national media appearances on the Dr. Oz Show, E! News Specials, Fox and Friends, Dr. Phil, Entertainment Tonight, Extra, Nightline, and The Rachel Ray Show, among others. In addition to her two books, Spirited and Awaken the Spirit Within, um, she is working on a new book coming up soon, and she recently started a podcast called Small Medium at Large, which explores many facets of our connection with our team spirit on the other side. In these episodes, Rebecca interviews fascinating guests, shares messages from spirit, and offers some of her own tools and resources to strengthen our own intuition. Rebecca resides in Denver with her husband and her children, and she travels to share her gift and teach others how to receive wisdom and insight that can profoundly change our lives. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you. It's nice to be here with you. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like we could be having a conversation in one of our living rooms. I know. <laughs> it's true. We do. We do often. We do. Um, so let's kind of dive in. I know that you are in the middle of writing a book about this. So I know you have a lot to, to say about this, and I think we're going to go deep into it. Let's mm -hmm. talk about what are soul agreements? Like, what does that mean to people who don't really understand it and, um, where, where this comes from? Mm -hmm. Sure. So my understanding of all of this comes from my experience in doing readings over the years and um, let me start with this. So about two and a half years ago, I see a healer every week um, to clear and ground because I work with so many clients. And it came up three different times over the course of a year that my guides were advancing me and allowing me access to the Akashic records. And to, I was going to start, I had new guides coming in. I was going to start working with the uh, um, record keepers. Okay. And I had my own personal record keeper. And what they asked me to start doing was reading soul contracts in my mediumship readings. And I didn't think much of it, but over the course of the last two and a half years, almost every single private reading group reading I do, some mention of our soul contract comes up. And I have a new clarity and appreciation for it. Whereas I, I guess I had to earn this, you know, ability because I did not incorporate this in my previous readings. You know, I've been doing this for over 20, about 23 years now. And so um, here's what I know. Soul contracts are the agreement your soul made before you were born. It's pre-birth planning with your group of spirit guides. I call it your council. And it's a council of very wise, enlightened beings who sit down with you and know what it is that your soul needs to learn, um, what karma you need to balance or heal, and the purpose for why you would come in. And so you sit down and you, you basically agree to all of this, okay? And I like to remind people, this isn't happening to you. It's happening for you. You signed up for this. And I call this earth school. We're in earth school. And so you're basically choosing the assignments that you are going to focus on. And while there might be many that come and go throughout your lifetime, what I found is there's primarily three to five really big lessons or soul assignments that you're working on, and they continually show up over the course of your lifetime. And so you loosely script 
events, situations, um, people that you will interact with over the course of your lifetime to work out those lessons, okay? To learn your karma or balance your karma. And so what happens is, is that we have free will. So we can have a you know really ambitious plan and then we come in and then we have our ego self, which is our human self, right? And then we have our higher self. And if we go with the flow and we're making choices from an aligned place from our higher self, this soul contract typically unfolds organically and effortlessly. But let's be honest, like that doesn't happen for any of us because we all have the personality, the ego self, and it gets in the way sometimes. And so what happens is, is we either go on a detour. So it's not a straight shot from A to B to C, right? We detour and it takes longer. Can we make it harder than maybe it needs to be because of our resistance? And so bottom line though is, at some, it's going to keep showing up those lessons, that situation that was destined to happen, that your soul contract entails will keep showing up until you get the lesson, right? So that's why I always remind people like, you know, just embrace it, lean into it because then you clear it, you balance it. And then life can flow with greater grace and ease, right? Mm -hmm. Not all the pain and struggle. And so what happens is, um, we have free will, but also the people we're in agreement with have free will. So we might have a plan to go in with a certain person and work out certain karma, but if they're unwilling, unavailable to meet us there, right? That we can't control that. All we can control is our part in the deal. And so that might be where if that falls out, then plan B comes in, okay? So let's say, for example, this happens all the time in readings where somebody is so ready and eager to meet their soulmate. And they're, they've been waiting and waiting, but what I'm reading from the soul contract is your soulmate isn't ready. They're still in an unhappy marriage and they're resisting and you can't control their choices. If they, they leave that and you end up together or they don't. So if that free will of that person is going to potentially, I don't want to say ruin your plan, but uh, change your plan, mm -hmm. then your guides come in with plan B. And then you get a secondary, you get another plan, but it's not secondary. Okay. It will be equal to, if not better than what could have been in that agreement with what was plan A, right? Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So in the end, all we're responsible for is our choices, how we choose to show up. If we're willing to learn our lessons, we can't control the external factors, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so the bottom line is this, we are in earth school to grow our soul, to learn and evolve, and you can do it faster in the three-dimensional versus in the spirit world, because I get a lot of questions from people asking, well, if life is so blissful in the five, you know, five D fifth dimension, right. why would we come into a world of duality and contrast you know, this earth world is heavy and dense and, but the bottom line is we learn best through contrast and duality. When you know what you don't want, you've experienced pain and depression and sadness, you're crystal clear on you want peace and joy. And so sometimes learning through opposites is the best way and quickest way to your soul's growth. So the other reason we would choose to come back and balance our karma and learn our lessons in this realm versus staying in spirit, because you can do it in the spirit world. It just takes longer. Mm -hmm. 
But the environment in which the karma was created, it's easier and faster to heal it. So meaning if you had a past life with your um, spouse and, you know, it was contentious and you came back into this lifetime to balance it, to find peace and, and love and connection, you can do it a lot faster if you, if you both choose to reincarnate versus if you just stay in the spirit world, because you have, you have the old energies available to you of the three dimension, third dimension, mm-hmm. Right. So I know it's, this is getting kind of out there, but this is the book I'm writing. I'm I'm really deep into it right now. I love it. I mean, there's so many things that we could go off on just what you said. I think what I find really interesting is, you know, you, and I never thought about it this way is of you come here. And I have a lot of people that say that as well. Like, why am I here? If this is so hard, like, why not just, you know, leave this earth and just, it's so hard here, especially now with what people are going through. It's so much harder. And the way that I hear what I hear you're saying is there's all these ways in which we can heal faster here. So it reminds me of limiting beliefs. You know, we are, we have, we agree before we come in to all of these things, because maybe our purpose is to be love and give love, let's say. So you're going to know the duality of that. You're going to learn at an early age, the duality of what feels like love and what feels that what doesn't feel like love. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is that we, we form these subconscious or unconscious beliefs about ourselves that we, we can, we typically carry, you know, until we wake up and we're like enough of that. Right. And so what you're saying is that if we become more conscious, we can get like, we can heal those limiting beliefs that have roots in our childhood or our earlier lifetime, our earlier wounds, we can heal those faster if we choose to wake up to those. Exactly. You know, we choose everything down to the body type we're in, you know, our gender, the parents that, you know, we need to be born to and through to Mm -hmm. learn certain lessons. So everything is a choice that will best support the lessons that we need to learn. And so we, as babies, we're pure, we're clear. That's why my readings always talk about little kids, usually under the age of five or six are so intuitively dialed in and they're getting messages from grandpa who died, or they're just getting intuitive hits and acting like wise beyond their years because they know. And they, at that point, they really haven't been talked out of their knowing, but unfortunately it's happened to all of us. We're conditioned. I even find myself, I I really don't like when I do this, but conditioning my children and then realizing, wait, time out, this is their path. And I need to not project and, and I need to try and pull back and, and, and create a healthy space for them to be themselves and find their own truth. Right. Right. But like you said, the subconscious between zero and seven years old, everything is, is wired and planted in that subconscious. And those are really um, significant years. And so I find all my clients seem to be undoing or unlearning that conditioning and coming back to their intuitive guidance and inner knowing of their truth. Yeah. And I think there's two things here. I think one is the willingness, like you said, there's a choice. One is the willingness to go there because some of us have such deep wounds and traumas that, you know, for a lot of us, we like to sweep it under the rug. So it doesn't exist. 
And so when you're willing to face that, the healing goes so much faster and you can find that like when it is a choice, when you turn to it, it does release, it can go away. But the other thing I find in terms, and I'm curious what you think in terms of, of soul contracts that some of the clients that I work with, the soul contracts also come from past lives. Mm -hmm. Like there's these past lives that they haven't you know, I think that when we come into this lifetime, we bring the, some of the positives and the negatives of past lives. And so I'm curious what you think about a soul contract in, in relation to a past life or two. Oh, absolutely. This comes up all the time, as you know, it's that ultimately is why we're here because we are bringing in unhealed energies from past lives that we either failed to do the work. We weren't um, self-aware or conscious, or we were unable to, for whatever reason, sometimes the free will of others. And so we agree to come back in, but with on some level, some more enlightenment or intuitive knowing, because like you said, we consciously forget and we forget for a reason. There is such thing as too much information. If you find out your husband was really your brother in your past life, who wants to know that? (laughs) I don't. So, right. But we, we come in to balance the karma left undone from those past lives. And again, the fastest way to work it out is by coming back into a physical experience um, and playing out either the same roles or different roles. I've had a lot of readings where one, one lifetime, it was a mother daughter. And then the next lifetime, the roles reversed. Right. Okay. I just did a reading. This poor woman's husband um, died suddenly. I can't have a heart attack, maybe very young, like late forties. Mm-hmm. And um, the, just a few weeks ago. And the sole contract was, he said, look, the roles were reversed. You're experiencing the other side of the equation. You left me suddenly tragically in our last life. And so there's a different set of lessons here for both of us. And she said, I knew it when he died. I had this strong, overwhelming sense that was what happened. And it's made it bearable for her to get through this as a result of knowing, okay, this will never be, never happen in a future lifetime. Cause I'm embracing the lesson, even though she's still feeling the hurt and grief, she's being real about it, but she's understanding there's a bigger reason why, and it's for each of their soul's growth. I love that because what you just said was like, she's embracing that lesson and it feels like right when you said that, what I got was like surrendering part of remembering our soul contract is to surrender into what lesson we're being taught. Right. Because sometimes as we know, because you know, the world has been a little bit upside down, we want to fight the lesson Mm -hmm. and we want to run away from it. And when we surrender into it and say, not only do we surrender into the lesson, but surrender into what we're being given, what we're being shown, you know, the people in our lives, like you said, they flipped it in one life and in one life, they were another. So we have this remembering of people also right. it's this familiar familiarity mm-hmm. of, of who this person is next to me, who used to be my brother or my sister or whatever it is. So it's embracing and surrendering right. into what is life bringing to me? So instead of saying, what am I like victimizing ourselves and saying, this is what I'm being thrown at. This is like, look what life is tearing me apart from. Like, instead of saying that we could say, I surrender into the lesson 
because yes. this is what's here. It's part of my soul agreement. It's why yeah. you're here. I always say that to my kids. You wouldn't be going through it if you weren't supposed to go through it. Right. Like this is what life is bringing us. Right. So exactly. We have to just go through it. And it's very humbling. And this is my book because I'm walking people through how to figure out what their patterns are, what, what keeps showing up in their life. And the universe is trying to hit us over the head and it starts out as a whisper and it turns in, God forbid, to a major wake up call. You don't want to get there. You want to get it. And you start to see the patterns or the lessons for me personally, for years, it was rescuing, enabling, you know, whether it was a friend, a partner, um, a client, my lesson was boundaries. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to hold the boundary right? Because I'm such a giver, people pleaser, not proud of that, but that is something I'm working on. It came from being an empath with a dad who was not mentally well. And so you start to trace back, okay, I get where this comes from. And so you have, it's humbling, it's messy. And then I, once I started to recognize my pattern and I started to put boundaries in place, it, I was tested less and less. Mm -hmm. Okay. But again, you have to be willing to get out of your own way and get out of your ego to be able to step back and be objective and look at it and say, what is this here to teach me? Right. Right. Because you're right. If it shows up, there is a lesson, but I call it a gift. Mm -hmm. Even through the darkest, you know, hardest times, there's always a silver lining. If you can choose to change the lens through which you're seeing this, totally. right. And you can really, I know a lot of people struggle. Well, how do you do that? And in fact, in my book, I'm going to give a whole step-by-step -step process on how to do that. But um, what they have shown me is basically pray and ask to see it through God's eyes or your higher self's eyes, your, your team and spirit's eyes, you know, show me this in a very objective, pure way through a lens of love and not fear. Mm -hmm. And then you're better able to depersonalize it. Right. Right. And then work with it versus resist it or, you know, turn away from it, all that. Right. I feel, so you said pray and ask, and, um, that's something that I think we both teach. And I think the hardest part is that I hear when, when we feel so alone in it, right? So let's say you have a client who understands cognitively, like, you know, in her brain that she has a soul contract, she's here for a reason. She gets all, she gets all of it, but in the throes of the lesson, she feels terribly alone. Right. Right. So I have a lot of clients that, and I have a lot of clients that have said that, like, I get the lesson, but what do I do in the day to day when I feel like the world's in chaos or I'm struggling through this lesson and I don't have a lifeline. I, I don't, feel like I have a lifeline. What would you, what would your advice be? What the spirits always tell me is that when we feel alone, it's because we've disconnected from source. And so God, love universe, whatever you want to call it is the source of all, right? God is our source of everything, not a person, not an external condition or situation. And so when you feel alone and you're going through a big lesson, hard time, the best thing you can do is go within. And for everyone that's different, I have so many readings where they say, Hey, don't sit down on the couch and try and meditate like a yogi. You're setting yourself up for failure. 
go for a hike, go for a run. Moving meditation comes up all the time because you channel that anxiety through breath and you get, start breathing, which grounds you. And then it clears you, opens up all of your energy. So you have, it's not a one size fits all. You have to figure out what that looks like on how to connect to your source, which is ultimately connect to your feelings because your feelings are your guidance. That's where your truth lies. And when you can connect to that, the loneliness disappears, the confusion, lack of clarity, it all goes away. Mm -hmm. And you start to come back to that intuitive, innate knowing that you were born with. Totally. Totally. So if we use our emotions as our kind of like our guidance and we feel them through and we really sit with them and we use them as I also find just as a side, sometimes the emotions are the block to source, right? Because you can go on a spin cycle inside of your emotions. And so it, what starts out as your guidance system ends up being your biggest block. It's like pulling weeds in a garden, you know, the more weeds you pull, the more we, you find, and it's just like the spin cycle of emotions. So I guess the question is like, let's say you go through all of these emotions and you use it as your guidance system and you're really navigating the system here and you're feeling like you're connected. When is it that we hit this point where we recognize that we are ready to make new soul contracts? Because that's something you and I have talked about that you can change your soul contracts. It's not stuck. You're not, you know, there is free will, like you said. So when do we know that we're ready to make some new agreements? When you're not emotionally triggered by it, Mm. when you're neutral, right? Because when you're neutral and objective, you recognize it's no longer your lesson. Even if the other person involved isn't there. So true. And so as long as you're objective, neutral, and clear, you're able to then step back and move on to a new set of lessons. And so, um, yes, you can, I'm glad you brought that up. You can renegotiate your soul contract. Okay. And, um, this happens, this has been happening a lot in readings because there's been so many people depressed Mm -hmm. and a lot of clients calling me in confidentiality saying, I'm, I've thought about suicide Mm -hmm. everyday people, people who are not chemically imbalanced. Okay. People who are just in a situation that's hard and they feel alone and disconnected. And so a lot of times the guides come in and say, okay, you were overly ambitious when you signed up to take on all of this, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle, but sometimes like you hit a breaking point and you're like, I don't know what I was thinking. I have got to like back off a little bit. And so you can work with your, um, Akashic record keeper. We all have one. You can work with your guardian angel, the guides who know your soul contract, and you can either reduce whatever the intensity is of it or change it altogether. Um, That has to be agreed upon by all souls involved. So if you have, let's say a spouse and you guys are having a really hard time and they're being really, the, the spouse is being super stubborn, shut down, and you've done everything in your power to try and heal this, but you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so you can then work with the higher self of that spouse and their guides, their team and spirit and yours. So you don't go to them because again, you're going to get the same ego response, which is stubbornness resistance, but you pray and meditate and you go to the higher self of your higher self meets the higher self of that person involved and the team involved. And you ask whatever's highest and best 
best for both of you to neutralize, heal, you know, whatever balance the karma. And then you surrender. You just, you trust that you've done your part in asking. And then, you know, the universe has our back. Our angels are there to help us, support us, right? They want us to win and succeed. And so they're going to move things around and, and, you know, do whatever they can to help us, to help ourselves. And the most beautiful thing that you said is that you can do this on your own. Yep. You can. And, and that, yes, we all need guidance. We all need help, but we all can sit down and ask for help wherever you are in your life. (coughs) Excuse me. Wherever you are, there's always help out there for you. And you can do this and you can work on your own and get to know your spirit guides and your angels. And, you know, we can all do this alone and with somebody else. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's what I'm sure you preach this. I preach it all the time. My first book was written specifically. It's my spirited and it's a a self-help slash like improvement or whatever you want to call it book that helps empower one to find the tools they need to do the work, to develop their own intuition, because we have all the answers we need within us. Yes, you can pay a psychic or a healer to do the work for you. And I'm not against that. Obviously, I, I even see healers and psychics on occasion to get a neutral read when I can't get clear. And that's healthy. But on a day-to-day, we have to learn to be self-reliant because we have the God-Goddess energy within us that we can draw upon. But we have to go into faith and trust because so many of us, myself included, struggled, especially in the beginning, with doubt. Right. Right? And we give our power away and we start thinking, well, Arielle is a healer. She can do this better. Well, maybe that's true. But the whole point is we're here to learn and grow on how to be self-reliant and remember that we can be our own healer. We can be our own intuitive. And I just think it's, I just feel so strongly about empowering people as I know you do to really, you know, we're there to assist them to a certain degree mm-hmm. and to shed light. And then once you do that, then they can run with it. Right. It's like opening the door and then they have the aha. Yeah. And then they're their own person, their own exactly. intuitive, like you said, their own healer. Um, I also find working with ancestors, you know, we, we have this agreement with not only the people here, but we have this agreement a long time ago with all of the lineage that we, where we come from our roots. And so I find also not only to like, you know, the truth is, is that part of the work that I do, and I think you do as well is breaking agreements. Mm-hmm. Not only making new agreements, but breaking agreements and vows and promises that were made that aren't healthy. And that's where the ancestors and, and also God and spirits come along because not only can source and spirits help us break those agreements, but our ancestors, they usually have a thread of our own, those beliefs that we carry that aren't healthy. It comes from them. There's roots back there and they want the best for us. So I feel like we have this whole team behind us that can help us really. Everybody wants the best for us. And it's important for us to remember as we move forward that this is, this is for the, our highest good. When we feel lost and depressed and anxious, we have guidance behind us. Right. You know, it's information. I always say, you know, if you haven't major anxiety or depression, like 
welcome that. Get curious about it. It's good information that's telling you you're out of alignment. Something is off. And, you know, the problem I found, especially during COVID, so many of my clients just opening up and sharing they're self-medicating mm-hmm. with whatever drug of choice it is. And, you know, it can be as simple as cleaning too much or working too hard and long. You know, it's not just always drugs and alcohol and food. Right. It can be anything. And, and we numb and then we can't feel, and then we just start sleepwalking through life. Right. And, and ultimately, you know, we're just wasting our time and life is a gift each day. And the goal is to wake up, to live consciously and to choose to show up and make choices in that aligned state of love and trust and divine connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say is a personal, like a few tools that you use personally in your life to honor your soul agreements, like the healthy soul agreements that you make to help you remember? Because I know a lot of people, I'm, I feel like in my, in my head, I'm thinking like, how, what does that look like day to day? Right. Again, it's not a one size fits all. So for me personally, so I'm wired as an introvert and an empath. And I have realized the importance of my alone time. Mm -hmm. I have six children and a full work schedule and a husband and friends and trying to balance it all. These moving parts can exhaust me, overwhelm me. And so what I have found, especially during COVID, it was such a gift. I remembered the importance and sacredness of alone time to recharge, to call all my energy back because I get very fragmented, Mm -hmm. to ground And to come back to me, because I can easily lose myself and my children or my husband. And then I forget what's my truth because I'm so busy trying to take care of them and I feel them. So alone time and then um, prayer meditation, that's just uh, every day, sometimes 10 times a day, depending on the time I'm going through. Um, You know, it's as simple as the breath. You know, like sometimes yoga, yoga is such a great way to get in touch with the breath as you know, of course, Mm -hmm. Um, but just sitting there and breathing gets me present because to be present, you're calling all your energy back from the past and the future. And then that is where you can really feel and get into your heart Mm -hmm. and find your truth and hear your guidance. So that's one tool. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. And then will you let us know a little bit more about your book and um, kind of what you're doing now in your work and where you're going? I will. So I just finished my book proposal. So um, if it's in God's will, we will put a book number four out there soon, hopefully in the next year. Um, I am going to be working on season two of small, medium at large, just, um, you know, I never do anything unless it's divinely inspired. So I go through waves where I'm like putting out a bunch of content I'm writing and vlogging. And then there's times I go dark because I'm not inspired and I can't do anything unless it's coming from that pure place of my higher self's inspiration, not my ego trying to produce. Mm -hmm. So I definitely go through waves. And right now I'm pausing to get clear on what my next podcast offering looks like, because I really want to just be of service, whatever it is the world needs, people are asking for, um, 
And then obviously I'm continuing this virtual, you know, one of the silver linings of COVID for me was moving all my work to virtual so that I didn't have to stop doing group offerings of, you know, large audience events, small group readings, because I was traveling. And now what I've found is that people like it better. They prefer Zoom or whatever platform I use because it's more intimate and it's convenient. And it's, it just flows. So I'm going to continue that. I will start traveling at some point again as well, but that is what my agenda is for now. Beautiful. Beautiful. So thank you for coming on to our our podcast. And um, I just, I think the the strongest message that we can give today and what you're saying in conclusion is that you are more than a body. You are a soul. And that our work here is to fulfill our soul's contract and everything we need, we have. And it's so important to remember that we already have what we need. We just have to go and uncover it. Um, So it's not something we have to discover outside of ourselves. It's all inside. And I think that's the strongest message is that your truth and your answers are already inside of you. That's right. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. So thank you for listening today. And um, if you liked what you heard and you want to share, please give us a five-star rating and share with your friends. And you can reach us at all of our social media outlets and also find us at www.mysoulcenter.org. And in conclusion, um, we are starting a healing circle. So a healing circle is starting once a month. The first healing circle that I'll start is November 1st at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And this is really a, a complimentary circle for those that are ready to just discover a deeper way to heal, to explore deeper parts of your soul, to receive intuitive guidance, and to tap into this profound healing energy that comes from a group healing. So if you are interested, you can go to our website or you can email us at info at mysoulcenter.org. With that, we wish you a heartfelt namaste and a beautiful, beautiful day. Namaste, everyone. You've been listening to the Soul Center Podcast with your hosts, Ariella and Baruch Halevi. If you'd like to learn more about Soul Center, please visit mysoulcenter.org. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at My Soul Center. And if you found meaning and inspiration in this podcast, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd also love to hear from you to connect with you. So please reach out to us. And until then, we wish you Shalom, Salam, Namaste, and peace.